Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago, and I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Man, exciting. I always love when we see familiar faces and guys that are currently in the program or guys that have gone through it and are in the next phase of their journey. Now I see Jeff Lister's got this juicy mustache right now as well. Dig it, brother. It's good to see you. Gentlemen, for those that are just popping in, if you've never been here before, my name is Joey. I'm the client success director inside the Empowered Man program. So I run everything inside Thrive and our back-end year-long program, Thrive Plus. Maybe you've seen a video from me. Maybe you've listened to a podcast. If not, nice to meet you. Welcome. But guys, if you haven't been on with us before, I would really appreciate if we could get some cameras on. Like I just feel much better when I can see who I'm speaking to. Um, so if you guys can meet me at that level, if you can turn those cameras on, I don't care what your background looks like. I don't care how dirty your house is or any of the things. What's up, gentlemen? There we go. Love it. What's up, Malik? Appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's important to to be to be seen. You know, a lot of times, a lot of you guys are just hiding in the background and you don't want to be seen. And that's part of the reason you're here now is yeah. you've never been seen before. And what we want to do is show you that it's it's not as scary as, as it seems. And that when you're being seen, um, <clears throat> you're actually putting yourself in a position for power and strength. Well, it may yeah. feel vulnerable and might you, maybe you feel a little weak. If anything, it actually empowers you because you're saying, okay, I'm done with my pride. I'm done with my arrogance. Um, doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Some of you guys are working right now. Uh, I love it when guys are working driving a truck, whatever. We've had guys driving tractor is uh, on their farm in our, in our thrive group. And, uh, wow. you know, just, just stop for a minute. We've had dumpster, uh, guys driving dump trucks. <clears throat> and then we have guys in working on airplanes. We have guys, we have guys that are working in offices and suits, right? Everyone's all over the place in terms of what they're doing, but, but there's a commonality to all of that. And that as we join together to become empowered men and that you are not isolated you are not by yourself, even though you might feel that in your truck right now, even though you might feel that uh, in your outdoor space where you're walking right now, or even though you might feel that in your house and you feel suffocated by the toxicity of the marriage you are in, you are not alone at all. There is there is a group of men here, and that's what we've joined together to do, to encourage mm -hmm. you, to edify you, to lift you up, to call you out so we can call you forward, to show you the gold in you and who you are and bring that to the surface. Uh, and today specifically is an interesting topic. Um, it, we actually had run a video recently on, on YouTube about this and it got a lot of popularity, got a lot of hits on it. And so I, I wanted to bring it to the surface. And it was the question about what do you do if you're in a sexless marriage? Um, and so specifically, make sure you guys are muted, by the way. Uh, specifically, we've got four questions that we're going to answer around that idea 
Um, but before I do, remember, if you are new to who we are and you've never actually uh, been a part of any of our programs, I want to recommend to you our five-day challenge. Um, that is the best way to, to just start doing the work with us uh, for the most inexpensive way, the most bang for your buck, if you will. Uh, it's a, every day for five days straight, you're going to get a challenge and an assignment and a video training that's going to take you from where you're at right now, where you're maybe lost, hopeless, not really sure what to do, and give you somewhat of a game plan start to give you clarity on what's going on, the pain you're experiencing, what is really happening. Because how many of you, you can raise your hand, how many of you feel like you were just dropped into a war zone the minute your wife said, I want out, the minute you found out she was cheating or whatever, like you just felt like you just woke up in a fucking war zone and you're like, how did I get here? How did this happen? Right? And, and that's what happens to so many guys is they get into this place and they go, oh my God, I don't know where to go. I don't know where, where I am. And, and so, you know, you see my ad, and you're like, man, this guy like really just like brings it. Um, I am who I say I am. There is no change in me. Um, this shit is, this is real because I live this. Um, I am passionate about helping men uh, break free of the addiction of their wife. Uh, you know, some, some people have said, man, you're like an, you're like an addiction counselor. Yeah, brother. Cause I was fucking hooked on that drug for 17 years and I got free of that shit. And once you get free of that shit, you want to help other men. And when you help other men, you get intense and you get fierce for them because you know that this is life or death. And it's not just your addiction to your wife. It's your addiction to your own selfish nature. It's your addiction to your own narcissism, your addiction, to your own coping mechanisms that aren't healthy, that aren't helping you become an empowered man. That's keeping you in a disempowered state. And that's why we're here today to help break you free of that. And even though we can't do that in a 30 minute call, what we can do is give you the hope and give you the taste and show you that there is a possibility of breaking through that ground of breaking into something new for you. Cause how many of you in 2023 decide, Hey, I don't want 2023 to be like 2022 that I am tired of living that way that I'm done playing small. And it's not just in your relationship. I'm telling you guys that if you're here right now, the relationship is just the catalyst. It's just the thing that said, I want to raise my hand. I need a little bit of help. But as you get into it, you start to recognize, wow, this shit's way bigger than I realized. I have been playing small in every aspect of life. Maybe you're crushing it in business. Maybe you're crushing it in your job. But even there, I can guarantee if you look at it, you are probably still playing small. There are areas in your life where I am playing small. There are areas in my life where I have to be challenged to grow. And I put people around me to challenge me in that shit and to get myself from that place to the next place. As the Bible says, we go from faith to faith. And that's what we're going to do here. So, Joseph. You ready to do this? I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. I, I haven't even had as much espresso you did. You had four cups. I've had no espresso. I'm just fired up because we're here with all these men. There's like 40-something guys on here ready to change their fucking life, ready to commit themselves to change and transformation. And that's what we're going to do today. So we're talking specifically about the idea of sex in marriage, sexless, sexless marriages specifically. I thought it was an interesting topic because, you know, we've never really, we never really hit on this. In, in many ways. And a lot of guys um, are not in the same, and not everyone's in the same situation. Some of you are here because yes, a divorce has been filed. Some of you are here because you found out she's cheating, right? And like some of you have some like really dire circumstances, but a lot of you are here because stuff is not the way you thought it was going to be. Stuff is starting to get really tense. There is no sex. There's, there's no intimacy. All these things are happening. So we wanted to open it up to that so that you would feel um, like your, your questions are being answered. And so we've got four questions specifically we're going to go through today um, that we're each going to take a stab at. And then if you've got additional questions, go ahead and put them in the chat below um, that we will try to answer. But those questions need to be around this topic for today. 
If it's something that's for something else, um, our assistant will take it and track it for later and we'll try to answer it on another call. But if you got specifically your questions today be around a sexless marriage, what to do, et cetera. All right. So let's go to the first question here from Ryan Lewis. This was in the Facebook group. What if she wants sex all the time and you don't? Now, what if she wants sex all the time and you don't? Now, this guy, when he posted in the group, um, a lot of you chimed in and, and honestly, in my opinion, kind of just derailed him and emasculated him. Um, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, like you just need to go get TRT or, oh man, this, that, and all these other things. And and I'm going to let Joey talk about some of that stuff in a second, but, I, but I wanted to, I wanted to actually address this uh, first because this was actually something that, that, that I lived in for parts of my marriage. And that is where uh, my wife wanted sex way more than me. And I almost felt like I couldn't, I couldn't please her. I couldn't satisfy her. And, and to a man's ego, that was dangerous, right? It's because like, if you have somebody that, you know, you, you obviously are fulfilled when you have sex, you have an orgasm, all those things. And like, you feel like you're a pretty good lover and like you do things that make her feel, feel good. And, 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 you know, she has orgasms and things like that, but it's like every day wanting that, or even twice a day wanting that there could be something on the other side called sex addiction. Um, that does happen if, um, you know, where, where, where sometimes where a woman um, needs it consistently because of things that maybe she's been through traumatically or the way her body's wired or, or whatever, maybe she's got more testosterone and stuff. So uh, first I want to say is that I don't want you to take this as, oh, you need to get, you know, hard on pills or, oh, you need to go get some testosterone or, or, or get some Viagra or whatever, because that's not really a fair thing to say to you, Ryan. So hopefully if you're listening to that, you hear, you hear a heart in this and and we don't want to necessarily say that, but I want to kind of break down real quick um, in, a, in a sort of a frame. And then I'm going to let Joey talk about what it is to take testosterone and things like that, because he, he likes yeah. to talk about this stuff more than I do, even though I take it also. Um, so here's what it comes back to is, is are we looking at physical intimacy or are we looking at emotional intimacy? Because your wife's craving of physical intimacy could be because of lack of emotional intimacy with you. And what I mean by that is, is if, is if there's a constant need for physical intimacy and the two of you have a lack of emotional intimacy, that can be dangerous because essentially you're coming at it from a place of trying to fill an emotional need with a physical interaction. And while there's there's good with that, there is some things that are good with that, um, what can happen is you can get into a place where it's transactional. And mm -hmm. for a man, men can typically be a little more transactional than women can. Women typically are less transactional. But this could be a case for Ryan. Again, I don't know his whole story, but it could be a case where her trauma from her past has created a loop of transactional sex. And for you, if you don't have correct or emotional healing in that, now you can be in a place where you're seeing your value is only as transactional. Now this gets a little weird because like a lot of you guys are like, or men's men. And, you know, we learn we learn about sex from porn, you know, it's all transactional and it's all like, God, oh, just put my dick in the pussy. And, and this is the way it goes. And she screams and she's, Oh my God, I gave her this orgasm. It's fucking amazing. She gives me a blowjob, right? It's all just very like transactional and stuff, but, 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 but true intimate connection goes so much deeper than that. And that's the fulfillment that we look for. Now, there's nothing like getting off good, right? There's nothing like, you know, having an amazing blowjob or whatever. Like, like all that feels fucking incredible. But at the end of the day, what, what every man craves is the intimacy that comes from the physical interaction. And so the physical interaction that you're craving from her is, or the emotional interaction, excuse me, the emotional thing comes from the physical. But in her case, it's almost like it's rewired to where she can't get emotion without having the physical. And that's the way men usually are wired. It's like, 
we have to have the physical so we have the emotional and in this case it's almost like the two of you are crossing paths differently yeah exactly so my recommendation to you is number one is to look at the underlying issues of what is happening are you guys connecting emotionally before you're connecting physically now let's say your wife is wanting it two or three times a week and you're like man i can only do it once a week that's where it's a totally different discussion that is a totally different discussion in my opinion than that here's the things you need to look at is for yourself emotionally number one are you are you in a place emotionally where you are connected to her where you're having good communication with her or do you resent her do you hate her um are you holding feelings against her like maybe she had an affair or something like that and you guys are trying to come back together and you're you're thinking about those things before you have sex um or is it that she's become sort of disgusting to you physically where maybe you're not attracted to her but maybe you're not attracted to her for the wrong reasons right there are ways to become unattracted to a spouse and that has to do with maybe her attitude the way she showed up uh maybe she's not showering things like that and and all of that starts to make you feel a little less physically intimate but here's the thing at the end of the day our bodies are wired for physical intimacy especially men and the more emotional connection you have to her specifically the more that bonding happens and it becomes strengthened where it's like you need to have it more and more the other thing i would look at is porn usage or 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 alcohol usage or anything that's numbing your mind that's keeping you from that intimacy where like if you're doing a lot of that then it's harder for you to you know want it and 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 be in a place where you want to have sex and all that type of stuff so you got to be careful too is like what you're actually putting into your mind that's allowing some of those things to happen so there's a lot of things that you need to uncover and look at um in addition to that i want to talk about testosterone um because it is possible that you have low t um and that's something i definitely would recommend getting checked if it's something where it's like you don't feel like having sex more than once a week or or maybe twice a week because realistically like you should be waking up with erections two to three times a week um you should be having some of that those of you guys who are you know late 30s early 40s 50s if you're not having erections um consistently that's probably something you need to look at this happens not just with age it also happens with you know as we get overweight um all these types of things that lowers our testosterone uh personally when i went and took my testosterone a couple of years ago i was like 164 or something um i and, and my free it was like a seven it was it was crazy uh and now i live above a thousand and 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 all that and so libido is not even an issue or or any of those things um because because of the testosterone so joey what do you want to add to that in terms of you know maybe some of the scientific stuff that you know about man there's a lot here um i feel like you did a pretty great job answering ryan lewis without a ton of context it's kind of tough yeah. to dive into um but put simply guys um <clears throat> if you're seeing that it's tough for you to perform for lack of a better word due to things like libido or not feeling the drive or that sexual energy flowing through you there's a few indicators that you can look into and mark had mentioned one of them you know if you're not waking up at least three to four times a week just ready to go first thing in the morning that's an indicator another one would be if you experience these high highs and low lows abruptly, like drastically, that's another indicator. Um, you know, I'm 32 years old, so I'm a little bit younger than most of you. Um, however, I had realized that from beating my body up through substance, alcohol, I had a fast life through my 20s. When I finally went and got my blood work checked, because, you know, I have kids and I want to keep up with my kids. When I got it checked, I was the chronological age in my body of a 74-year-old man. 
That means at 32 years old, my blood work came back, my T levels, my free T, it was comparative to a 70 plus year old man. No wonder I felt like shit mentally, emotionally, and physically. The system that I had operating inside my body was not allowing for me to thrive. Now, that's one thing to take a look at. Also, if you're realizing that you just have this like brain fog, maybe you experience this lull around 2 p.m. and you're like, oh, I need another cup of coffee. Oh, it's your body literally letting you know that it is firing on all cylinders to maintain existence. Getting your blood work checked is super easy. It's less than a hundred bucks. You can go to a Quest Labs or a LabCorp near you. And I invite you to do this because knowing where you're at and knowing that you can make a shift and a change will have a compound effect. Your sex will get better. Your libido will be higher. Your mental health will be more optimal. You can make decisions from a more grounded and level-headed place instead of making a decision out of necessity or desire. And when you can make a decision from a grounded place and you're not just second-guessing yourself, should I do this? Should I send this message? Should I talk to this guy? Should I sign up for this program? You just fucking know. And that knowingness and crystal clear clarity is sometimes what you need to have some of those more crucial conversations. Um, so that's kind of all I've got for that. Um, always taking a look at some of the other variables that have led you here. Also, I put in the chat, you know, intimacy is essentially into me, you see. Yep. Guys, there's a reason that this thing called foreplay exists. We're you can't just jump in the bed like, we're done? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm fulfilled. I hope she is. Like, who wants to be with someone like that? Yep. Truly. Like, if your girl came to you and she was like, hey, lay down. I'm going for a ride. All right, we're done. You'd feel pretty used, right? The same thing goes alternatively. And some of you are smiling like you've done that. If so, we get to do better. Because a part of connection is having that emotional connection. Because I can tell you, the physical connection as a byproduct of that will be cosmic for you. Yeah. So I'm complete there. Thanks. Appreciate you uh, answering that. Um, I want to get into some more of these questions. We got some really, yeah. really solid ones. So yeah. uh, Jeremy Mock says, how about your marriage? How about before marriage did things that were adventurous? Now after marriage, boring and routine. This is mm. a perfect perfect segue into leadership because yeah. leadership in the bedroom is everything, right? Um, some of you are so afraid to be vulnerable with your wife and actually talk about what fulfills your fantasies, your, your desires, etc. Yeah. And so she doesn't know, right? Um, now there are some women like, like there might be some things that are boundaries for her that she doesn't want to do. Let's say for example, um, your wife has never given you a blowjob before. Um, now if you've asked her to give you a blowjob and she doesn't want to give you a blowjob and you pout over it, you are shaming her. Mm -hmm. This is huge because every time you ask for something that she doesn't do, expecting her to be your porn star and she doesn't want to do it. And you shame her by pouting, by getting quiet, by not wanting to initiate sex, all of those things you are showing just how disempowered you are. And this is this is very key 
to a sexual relationship because if you can't communicate about what you like, <clears throat> what you don't like, what she likes, what she doesn't like, you, you, you have no, you don't have a healthy communication around sex. Um, some people like to have conversations while having sex. Other people would rather just moan and groan. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ways to, to enjoy each other physically and emotionally. But I would say that more than likely if before marriage, things were adventurous and then things became boring and routine during marriage, that's usually because of a lack of leadership on your part. It's a lack of um, exploration. And here's why I'm I'm just going to share this with you is because most men don't really understand this. When a woman is afraid of being adventurous, there is usually something to do with a, her body. She doesn't feel good about her body or B, she doesn't trust you. And you go, well, why wouldn't she trust me? I have never raped her. I've never hurt her. I've never done those things. But the trauma that she's come to the marriage with is everything. And so it's extremely important that you are aware of and understand the trauma that your wife has come to the marriage with. Guys, Mm -hmm. I cannot stress this enough because if you're trying to do something like anal or blowjob or, or even a certain position in sex that triggers a memory triggers something where her uh, her virtue was taken from her. Over a third, 30%, 40% of women have been sexually abused or traumatized in their life. That is a lot of women. There is a good chance that your wife potentially has experienced some sort of trauma. Now, just give you like a further example. Some of you, you know, when we think of trauma, we think of like an uncle or somebody, you know, sexually molesting them. Or you think of rape as those big things. But guys, they can also experience trauma by being with another partner who made them do something that they didn't feel comfortable doing or shame them when they didn't do that thing. And by doing that, it creates trauma inside of them, creates apprehension and anxiety inside of them, makes them feel like maybe they're not a good sexual partner. And all of these things are in the back of her mind. She doesn't know how to communicate them to you because she doesn't feel like you're a safe place to communicate them with. This is why in Thrive, we teach you how to communicate with your wife. It's not just about arguments and and, and toxic communication around the kids or fighting in general. There is an element of what we call setting the narrative. There is an element of making your wife feel heard and understood that allows her to to open herself up and be vulnerable. It's the interesting thing of if you look at how a man and woman have sex is the man gets erect. So he has to get strong to bring his erection or his strength into a woman's physical body. And the woman literally has to open her legs and not just her legs. She has to literally open up her vaginal uh, or vagina. uh, I'm trying to use like technical words versus like porn words, if you will. Open them lips up, right? (laughs) Everyone can laugh at that one. Uh, Open it up for you to insert your penis, your dick inside of her. And what that does is she's literally saying, hey, I'm willing for you to come inside of me, to come into me so that you can, you and I can become one together. That is vulnerability, men. Um, Yeah, I feel safe with you. Exactly. And that level of vulnerability is not easy for every woman. Some women have super extreme vulnerability. They don't give a fuck anymore because they've had so much sex with so many different people that, that to them, it's not as important. It's not as big of a deal. And it's not a big deal at all. Other women are the opposite side. 
where they, you know, don't necessarily have that. So my thing with Jeremy, what, what I would say is that more than likely there are some aspects of your wife's uh, sexual history that, you know, whether she's been abused or not, doesn't really matter. The fact is, is it sounds like there's things that you guys need to talk about and be open about with sex in regards to what you like, what your expectations are, what her expectations are. I mean, guys, you can even talk about how often do you want it per week? Um, how often, you know, you know, do you want it per month or whatever? Who initiates? You know, some couples will trade off initiating like, <clears throat> hey, it's my turn to initiate. It's your turn to initiate. Um, we can have it, you know, four times a week. Some people have set times per week. Um, yep. you know, maybe that's for you. You know, it's like every Saturday at nine o'clock when the kids are sleeping, whatever. Um, some women don't like to have sex in the morning. Some like it only at night. Like, but all of this comes out in communication. Yeah. The other thing I got to tell you this is, is this, is that, and this is such a crucial thing, is that if she rejects you, don't pout. If she rejects you, don't pout. Don't act like a little boy who just didn't get his, his, his dessert after the meal right? Um, because it's not always about you. Women have so many things going on in their bodies, so many things happening to them, where they're not always able to um, explore. And sometimes they just don't feel good about themselves. Guys, if a woman doesn't feel sexy and doesn't feel like that, that's who she is right now, especially those of you who have you know wives that are moms, right? And little kids around, they don't always feel sexy. And so maybe they don't want to give it up the way they used to give it up, right? Maybe they're not like bending over and like, yeah, stick it in me, big boy, big boy. You know, like, like maybe they're just like, okay, can we get this over with? And that's because she, at her, in her stage and where she's at, she wants to please you, but at the same time, she's feeling some things about herself. And this is yeah. huge. All right. We got to get on to the next one. Um, Cause I, I went a little long on that one. Uh, I think Joey, you could definitely speak into this one too, is how do you get them to find you attractive again? How do you get them to find you attractive again? Um, like Joey's a stud. I don't know if you guys noticed this. He's a good looking <laughs> dude. He's always got women that feel, think he's attractive. And I'm telling you, like everywhere we go, it's like there's always some girl smiling at him and he's having a conversation with them, but he doesn't flirt. He's very much just like an attractive person in his approach uh, to, to women. And he doesn't, you know, he's not playing people. He doesn't do any of that stuff, but he, but, but women find him attractive, not just because he's a good looking dude, but there's something about his personality. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on attraction, um, especially in the context. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking about marriage and talking about people that have been married for a long time and wife doesn't find you attractive again, but how can a guy who maybe is in his forties or fifties, who doesn't feel like he's attractive himself, attract his wife back to him? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, that intro there. And <laughs> there's a handful of guys that I've been working with for you know well over a year now that have gone through this phase that have kind of stepped into, you know, how do I get my wife to desire me again. And what that sounds like is they're usually asking themselves the question of if I don't pursue her for sex, sex won't happen. What it actually is, is they want to feel pursued. And Mark had kind of touched on that as, as well. Um, but put simply, the first thing is you need to be a leader. Mm -hmm. You need to be a leader. And you guys have probably heard that time and time again, but you need to lead yourself and do things that enable you to one, feel confident in who you are and what you bring to the table. Women swoon over that confidence and that leadership. There is nothing over the top or extravagant that I say to anyone. I am a leader and I carry myself in a certain cadence. And I walk the walk and talk the talk. 
Now, <clears throat> some of you aren't doing the things that originally enabled your wife to be attracted to you, which is silly, right? Suddenly we're 10 years into the marriage and we're like, oh, I'm done going to the gym. I'm done having all these aspirations. I'm a dad now and I have a dad bod. Fuck that. Seriously. If you stop doing the things that enabled her to be attracted to you, why should she continue to open her legs for you? True question. And I get it. We let ourselves go sometimes, but it's time to kick it back into gear. Honestly, getting in shape is pretty easy. It takes this thing called discipline. Discipline. And when you have discipline and you show up as a leader, it creates trust. It creates a frequency that someone can step into and say, yeah, you know what? I can let this man lead me because he's on his shit. He's taking care of himself. He's taking care of our family. So yes, I can be vulnerable. I can open up myself, open up my legs and allow us to have this emotional connection. But it starts with you. You know, we can't turn around and point the finger back at her and say, you know what, if you would do this, if she would do this, if she would do this, if her this, fuck that. Bring it back on you. The other side of that is, as Mark said, if you do get rejected, don't take it personally. In fact, and walk away with your tail between your legs and you stomp off and maybe you say some snide comment underneath your breath. You get more bees with honey. And when you do that shit, you're literally showing up with vinegar, wondering, why am I not getting what I want? Well, because you're being an asshole. Sometimes we show up that way because we are this scared little boy inside of us. And when we get rejected, it sometimes reaffirms the story that we've told ourselves that we are not desirable. Just because someone rejects you does not mean that they do not desire you. It just means that they're not feeling it in that moment. And that's okay. So how, does, how do you start helping her find you attractive again? You got to start working on yourself. Truly. Yeah. You got to work on yourself. And yeah, I'm reading the message in the yeah, comments. I'm not going to dive into that right now. I got to read um, it though. He goes, my, my dad bought is sexy. My lady's pushing yeah. 200 pounds and I can squat her lying over my shoulder. <laughs> Still yeah. doesn't get her up in the box though. It's noted. It's deeper than that. Uh, at least yeah, he understood. And it is deeper than that. Deeper than and, that. Yeah. And sometimes guys, you know, you can look the best, talk the best, show up the best, but there could be deeper underlying issues that are present. And that's when conscious communication comes into play. You know, I, I to, go ahead, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I want to address something around what you're talking about here, specifically because I I lived through this in, you know, my previous marriage and being married and then even, you know, attracting a new wife and, and getting remarried. Um, what, what I found was, you know, in my 40s, um, I had let myself go, not just weight wise, um, you know, my hair, like just my appearance, like my clothes. And I had just basically just was depressed and I was living this like unattractive life. I call it Disney dad syndrome, which is where it's like you basically become this sort of Disney dad or this caricature of your old self. Um, because now that you're a dad and you're a man and you're older and you have children, you know, 
it's 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 all about just them and 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 that you know in their life and stuff and so you let yourself go you make all these excuses you tell yourself all these stories well i'm old i'm fat and you start to just believe all these things and i and when when my ex-wife had left me i was like you know i can change the narrative in this situation and and i decided to do that i decided i'm i'm gonna you know cut some weight i'm gonna go back to the gym i'm gonna get a new haircut i'm gonna dress differently and when i started doing that my confidence started to come back in a new way so that even now me going to be 44 this year i feel like a completely different man than when i was 24. i feel like i'm way more attractive now than i ever have been in my life and it's it's not because like oh i just look better but i feel better and and you have to feel it before you look it um this is why i won't even wear certain clothes like but i'm like if i'm like i if i put that on i'm not i'm gonna feel a little insecure i'm gonna feel a little way i won't put that thing on because I'm not feeling it that day. Um, that's that's even my shoes. Like today, I got my my uh, my Jordans on, and I, I'm feeling good in my red and black Jordans. Um, you know, I got my Empowered Man shirt on, feeling good in that. Uh, about to get, I got to get another haircut because because it's getting a little long here. Feeling so, I I get a haircut every two weeks, trim the beard, right? Like all of that. Well, well, you go well, that's vanity. No, it's not vanity. It's about how you feel inside. And yeah. so those things help me feel better, which make me automatically more attractive and, and allow my countenance to be what it is. Um, this is why, you know, people talk about uh, I, I get made fun of all the time on my ads. I don't know if you guys have seen my ads where guys will say, well, you're fat. You ain't getting no pussy. You don't know shit about that. I'm like, bro, you don't know the half of it. I'm telling you, women don't care about how fat you are. What they care about is how you care about yourself. Do you take care of yourself? And yeah, obviously you want to be trimmer and things like that. And, and you do want to take care of your physical body, but like how you show up in your masculine energy is, a, is everything when it comes to attraction. And so for those of you who have lost it, this is where we talk about testosterone is where we talk about some of these things and also just learning how to communicate again and thrive. These are the things we teach you um, of, of even like how to text your wife in a, in a, in a way that makes her want to lean in. Um, you know, we teach these little, little things like, um, for example, um, when, when she's complaining to you, instead of you like, you know, trying to fix the problem, it's like, how can I support you? What do you, you know, what do you need from me? Right? Like these little things that if you just have that, it, it changes the conversation and that makes you attractive to her. It's not all the other stuff. It's really about the confidence, et cetera, that you bring to the table. Um, yeah. Let's get, we need to, we need to move on. We still got like three more questions. I don't even know if I'm going to get to all of them, um, yeah. but these are really good. These are some really good ones. Um, what, this guy uh, actually is a client. Uh, Gabe says, how long to stay around without intimacy and sex, intimacy and sex. Do I leave her home, be on my own, do the work, create life goals, complete work towards them in order to be more attractive and trustworthy. I think you're, the second part of what you said, uh, Gabe, is is accurate, is is not, not the do I leave home part, but create goals, complete work towards them and be more attractive. Like that's the thing you can control, right? And, and I don't know the situation behind your marriage and where you're at, separated, divorced, or, or any of those things. How long you can stay is is really up to you. Um, obviously, you know, men, we're, we're wired for sex and we, we sort of, in a sense, need it. I know there's some guys that can live without it. Um, and, and maybe all of us could, it's, you know, if, if we didn't have any other option, maybe we could live without it. Um, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Um, obviously at some point we did, or, you know, we didn't have sex until we were whatever, 18 or 15 years old. Um, so we lived for some period of time without it, but here's the thing is it, how long is going to be up to you and what boundaries you put on yourself in terms of how you look at your situation with your, with your wife. Um, 
I don't, I don't want to go there with you because I don't know the specifics in your situation um, because I can't say, well, it's been five years, so you should leave. But I do know we've had other clients, uh, Andrew Lawrence, or Lori, uh, who used to be with us, you know, he went a couple of years without sexual intimacy with his wife. He was, he was separated in house. And, you know, he finally got to a place where he was ready to move on from the marriage and decided to file for divorce, got divorced. Uh, and now he's actually now he's engaged uh years later and uh getting married he's going to be marrying uh his new sweetheart and um and it's pretty awesome so only you can make that choice the how long part and this goes for anybody that's like how long do i stay in a toxic marriage in a toxic situation only you can make that choice um for me i stayed 17 years i probably stayed seven or eight years too long um and and i made the choice at some point that this was this was too much all right. Uh, this is a great question that popped up in the group that are actually on the chat here. I wanted to address. I think it's really good one. And that is, what do you do if you know she's using sex toys? Um, <laughs> this is great. Um, so this, I think, comes down to a couple things. Number one, uh, it might come down to your own um, your own masculine uh, security. Um, it may come down to religious beliefs. Uh, it may come down to preferences. Um, but again, this is where sexual communication is important, right? Like if, if you're not okay with your wife using a sex toy, then you need to address why, find out why you're not okay with it and be able to articulate that with her. But you don't want to do it from a place of, you know, why are you using this sex toy? Are you trying to replace me and all this stuff? Listen, um, I, I would say 99% of the time women would rather have you than, than a toy. Okay. Um, unless, unless you just suck at it and you, I don't know, but, but that's, you know, it, it's a lie that you're believing is that, is that she wants the toy over you. Women want a, a man. They want to feel the, the penis, not a plastic toy, the plastic thing. Uh, yeah, they're assistants, not competitors. I like that. Um, the, the thing is a, is a, it's a tool literally to be used in certain circumstances, situations, maybe she does need a little bit more and it helps her whatever. And she's not, you know, addicted to it or something and whatever. Um, I, that again, that goes back to communication between you and her on what you feel is okay. Uh, and, 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 but you don't lord it over her. You know what I mean? Like, this is one of those things where it's like, Hey, if this is something she's accustomed to, this is something she's had in her life. And it's something that bothers you. It's not like, well, this bothers me. So you need to stop. That that's that that's not gonna that's not gonna work. What needs to happen is it needs to be more of a conversation of like, hey babe, can I talk to you about this thing that's been bothering me? And and maybe I can get your perspective on it. Because the reason it's probably bothering you is because you're fucking jealous and you probably think that man, she loves this toy more than she loves my dick. Let's just be honest. That's what this shit's about 90 percent of the time. Um, you know, if you feel like, well, she's getting off on this thing, hey, let's mute ourselves, please. Um, you know, if she's getting off on this thing then then maybe that's that's problematic um and yeah exactly i mean like toys and and you know they they definitely can enhance your own experience with her for sure um and uh so yeah, yeah. i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah i think it's interesting as i put in the chat these are assistants not competitors but usually yeah. from having those difficult conversation comes clarity and comfort in that yeah and that's the idea right is again because if you have a problem with it and you're going to her and shaming her or she feels shame about it, then yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a, a healthy dynamic. Um, because if there's shame in sex, it, it's hard to have trust. It's hard to have true actual intimacy. All right. Last question here. Um, and then we're gonna let you guys go. 
years of disconnect led to her not feeling safe or cared about enough to get intimately vulnerable. Yet if she was intimate, she'd get a more loving and attentive me. So the cart or the horse, he's trying to say, is it the cart before the horse? How do you get out of this catch-22? The answer is obvious that you become more loving and attentive. Wrong. Uh, still, she resents you so much. So how do you get past those walls? Can you? So this comes from Dan Lazaro, and, and I know where he's kind of coming from. So basically, they're kind of in this position where it, it sounds like intimacy has just never been a good thing for them. Years of yeah. disconnection led to her not feeling safe or cared for. And, and that's where his humility, his strength as a leader needs to come into play, right? And this is where you humble yourself and admit that, drop a power triangle, talk about, you know, boundaries for yourself, how you're going to get better at that, um, and then just go and do the do the thing. Um, Joe, you got anything else on that? No, there's nothing that I would add to that specifically. I think you yeah. hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So, um, guys, the, the next thing for you guys to do is you're here right now, and you're you're in a place where you're learning. Learning doesn't have doesn't do anything until it becomes transformation. We we use the the thing, and I got this from a preacher once, where he said, "Don't just read the book, become the book." Don't just read the book, become the book. And what he means by that, and what I mean by that is like you le- you listen to my podcast, you're you're here on these lives, you're you're learning the things, you're you're hearing the concepts, you're agreeing with the concepts, but you haven't had your transformation yet. And the reason for that is because transformation is done in community, in support, and it's never done alone. Now, I will say this is that there's aspects of transformation that's done alone. And some of you go, I got God, I got God. Yep, do trust me, I love that. God is for you and God is doing that, but God also gave you a church. God also gave you a community. He didn't just put you in alone and say, well, you're going to be by yourself in this. Nope, he gave you community and he knows how important community is. And if you're afraid of community, that says more about your own shame and your own pride than anything. And it's time to break that down. It's time to consider the fact that you can't do this on your own, that you must get into a place where other men are going to call you up and call you out. A lot of guys are afraid of this thing. Well, yeah, Mike Douglas, I'm not getting her back. So what now? Perfect place to be, actually. In fact, I would say the majority of our clients actually join Thrive or a five-day challenge from a place of I'm not getting her back. And that's because they recognize that their shit, their failures need to be worked on. Whether you get married again or not, there are things inside of you that we discover in our Thrive program that will blow your fucking mind when you start to humble yourself and recognize you don't have all your shit together and your shit does actually stink. It really does. Um, the, the fact is, is you have to get to a place as a man where you decide, hey, do I want to be disempowered or do I want to be empowered? The disempowerment comes from this is all of you were raised in situations, single mom, single dad, uh, abusive dad, abusive mom, whatever. All of you come from some background, some story, and it created a model for you to live from. And that model created this dysfunction in you that attracted dysfunction potentially in your in your wife and your soon-to-be ex-wife. And so that model of dysfunction said, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. I'll give you an example. I was raised in a home that was abusive for my dad. He was uh, mentally and emotionally abusive towards me. And you go, oh, you just suck it up. No, you don't just suck it up. You fucking live it. Why? Because literally your body keeps score. We talked about that book. And trauma yeah. is living in your cells. And so what happens is you have a story that's being told to you as a young boy that says, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. It's okay for people to scream at me. So guess what? You go find a partner that does the exact same thing to you and you marry them. Why? Because that's comfortable for you. And you live in a state of dysfunction because that's all you've ever known. And in fact, 
when functional comes to you. In fact, you've probably even turned down relationships with women. And I almost did this to my, my current wife, where I almost turned her down because she was too functional. And I'm like, no, this seems too perfect. This is too weird. I'm not used to somebody just loving me because they love me. I, I don't know if I can do this. And, and that, that, that showed me something about myself. It's like, oh, I'm so used to attracting dysfunction. I don't think I'm worthy to have functional. I don't think yeah. I'm worthy to have something good. I'm here to tell you, you are worthy if you choose to be. If you choose to be worthy, mm-hmm. if you choose to decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to understand why I'm in the pain I'm in. I want to understand what, what inside of me attracted someone who would cheat on me, someone who would do these types of things, who would hurt me or who, who would whatever, whatever it is that happened. Because at the end of the day, the she button doesn't really matter. What matters is what's underneath that. And what is what's causing you to create that she button? What is causing you to hit that thing, right? And so that's what we unpack for you in Thrive. And and if you want to truly discover that and you go, I'm ready to work on me, you need to get on a call with our team. You need to 100% book a call. There's a link right there in the chat to book a call with our team. Our team is trained every single day by me personally. That means that they spend an hour a day minimum with me every single day, and then they get extra time with me at other times. And they are trained in psychology. They are trained in, in all kinds of things and concepts to unpack these things for you, not to just sell you something, but to show you what is possible for your future. Because some of you are sitting here and you're like, man, I, I don't know how to move forward at all. I'm in the past. You've tried counseling. You've tried therapy. You've tried calling your pastor. You've tried all these things, but none of it's getting you to move forward. Because none of those places are designed to do what we do in Thrive. We are uniquely designed and set up for men facing separation and divorce to not just get their balls back, but to be empowered so that they can no longer live an isolated life, a lonely life. I bet if I were to say, raise your hand, how many of you guys feel isolated and alone? The majority of you would. Because right now, especially as you're going through what you're going through, you feel isolated and alone. Other people don't understand fully what you're going through. Even if you go to divorce support group, everyone, you know, is like, oh yeah, I'm going through the same thing. I'm going through the same. And everybody's just shitting on their, their spouses and, and nobody's actually growing through anything. You know, you, you might learn how to cry a little bit more and some of those things, but they're not actually producing the results of fruit that you need, which is what we call the vision 360, right? Which is where you look at your life over the next 90 days, six months, 12 months and go, I need a plan to get from where I am now to where I want to be. And so if you come on that call with our guys and you book that call with them, that's where it comes back to this idea that, that I'm, I'm coming to this call and I'm saying, I'm ready to work on me. I'm ready to do the emotional work. I don't even know what the emotional work is, but I'm ready to do it because I'm sick of feeling the way I feel. And I know yep. that if I do this work, I'm going to become an empowered man because I've been disempowered my entire fucking life. So gentlemen, if that's you, there is a link for you right there uh, for the application to click on it, to get on a call with our team. Don't let all the other bullshit stop you from getting empowered and to stop living the way you have been living. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're here. That's why we've been talking about sexless marriages. So I want you to jump in on that. There's the link again. Guys, we have multiple clients in here that have been talking it up. Hit them up on Facebook, whatever you want to do. Talk to them. Um, they'll tell you the same thing. This is this is legit in the shit that we do here. We've done this over 550 men. We've done over 3000 clients have come through our programs and we have transformed many, many lives and families. We are not done. We have so many more to do. This world fucking needs leadership and men. That is why that is our mission is literally to eradicate isolation and loneliness in the hearts of men so that they might thrive in every dimension of life. 
We create friendships and community in that group. Guys have started businesses. They fly to each other, have time together, go to baseball games. They've created a bond, not around divorce, but around a new fucking life. That's the difference. We aren't here to create a bond around divorce or separation. We're here to create a brotherhood and a bond around men who decided, I don't want to live small anymore. It just so happens that we all went through separation and divorce to get us here, but I'm tired of living that way. And this is how I'm going to move forward. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. I will see you on the other side. Have a good one. Peace. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.